Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm Linda Crater. I'd love to first announce that Blue Apron is sponsoring today's Military Network radio program. And once again, I'm destined to make you hungry before we dive into our show. But I really am an avid fan of Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. What I have enjoyed most about my meals is the freshness of the ingredients, the delicious recipes, but most importantly, the variety to learn to make dishes I probably wouldn't try on my own. I love how they locally source farms, ranches, and fisheries, meaning the community benefits as much as we do. So here's an upcoming dish to tempt you. Salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. It's a delicious, bright, buttery salmon flavored with tangy lemon juice and capers. It has a side of orzo, which is a pasta similar to rice, along with tender broccoli and a bit of creme fraiche that gives a final touch to this wonderful blend of flavors. One of my favorite words in the world is melange, and this meal provides a wonderful melange of taste and yum. So I want to make sure that you know how to find out how to get your first three meals free with free shipping. And to do that, you go to blueapron.com forward slash military network. You will love how good it feels and tastes to make incredible home-cooked meals in 30, 40 minutes or less. So don't wait. Delivered right to your door. That's blueapron.com military network. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And now we will head into our show. Justin Constantine joins me today. Good morning, Justin. Hey, good morning, Linda. And uh, always good to be here, but now I'm hungry because... <laughs> That sounds like really healthy, delicious food. You know, it really has been a great experience, and I have just really enjoyed it because I order probably every other week, and I learn to make new things. I get the recipes, and it is just such a fun thing to do with people or by myself. So I really do um, really enjoy our sponsor, and I'm very happy to talk about their food. But it does make us hungry. I do agree with you. I know. Today's show is one that's near you and I. About two years ago, or maybe more, we did a show about hyperbaric oxygen treatment for the use in TBI and in PTSD. And we have known countless people who have benefited from this therapy. And I think that I want our listeners to know that progress is being made in studying this. The evidence is becoming far more than anecdotal. And I think we need to always take a look at progress and knowing that what are the symptoms of traumatic brain injury, the need for diagnosis, but also take a look at the complementary and alternative therapies that exist that really do help people. So, Justin, you know perfectly well about traumatic brain injury and some of the things that are used to help. But let's talk first about some of the symptoms that may show, even if you're not diagnosed. And let's go down a list of them, starting with memory issues. And you take it from there and name a couple more. Okay, sure. And um, 
I think I'm glad we're doing this show today. I think this is uh, very relevant to many of our veterans and, and, of course, their families as well. But if we could step back for a second and look at the bigger picture is that uh, I think a lot of times people associate traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress with veterans. And we're just, like with many other issues, we're just a sliver of American society. And, and in fact, there are many more folks in the civilian world who, who deal with TBI. Uh, I think um, I saw that from from Iraq and Afghanistan, there were maybe 330,000 veterans with TBI, often a minor minor TBIs, but there are certainly medium and severe TBIs as well. But that's just a fraction of, of how many folks across our country suffer TBI from often from car crashes, all sorts of accidents and sports and many other ways. So I think progress that we can make in the veteran community are, is going to help America as, as a whole. And hopefully we will be seeing um, more partnership opportunities to make that happen. I know I yeah. I agree with everything you said. And in some ways, we have the NFL to yeah. thank yeah. for a lot of this research going on, because while there are many, many more vets than there are professional athletes with traumatic brain injury, the NFL has exposure. They have dollars. They have research. They yeah. have some things that, that allow uh, a lot more light to be shown on the issue. So for whatever reasons, we are very grateful that that occurs. Let's go Back yeah, but, to, yeah, yeah, you asked ahead. about some of the. Um, I did. Yeah, so some of the symptoms, and mm -hmm. and I have a, a rating for the VA for mild TBI. Mm -hmm. So oddly, even though I was shot in the head uh, in Iraq, I, I was incredibly fortunate the bullet went in behind my left ear and exploded out of my mouth, but it did not hit my brain somehow. And so um, I just had some of the minor symptoms, which is. Probably similar to a lot of us, but there are plenty who have much more severe. And the one that affected me the most, and, and still does, is a memory issue. And this can be incredibly, and we'll go down the whole list, but this is just the first one I want to touch right. on. But sure. It can be so frustrating because I know that um, there are things that I used to know, or I know that there are words, and I can't think of what that word may be, and it's... And it's frustrating when it's um, when it's like the tenth time that it's happened, and and it's just for some reason a particular word <clears throat> or memory or name that I can't remember. And as a public speaker, sometimes I have to modify my presentations because mm -hmm. I just know I cannot remember this concept or this word or this idea, and I just have to find a way around it because I don't want to be up there giving a presentation to a corporation in, in blank. And so that's a little workaround that I've had, but the memory issue is real, and it can be one that's very frustrating because you we often recognize that we are facing that issue. It's not as if we're, we're not aware of that. Um, so, so that's a good one to start, but also... I'm sure we're going to hear today about headaches. I was fortunate. I had some minor headaches, but nothing on the level of migraine or anything like that. Although that is typical. Uh, it is. Yeah. So that, that's a, a very tough situation to deal with. It is. And a couple of the other ones that I hear cropping up all the time. In fact, sometimes people are not yet diagnosed with a TBI, which, as you know, it's cumulative. If you receive a couple of you know times you have your bell rung, it starts yeah. up and it may be latent symptoms but dizziness and balance are other ones that that come up confusion mute mood changes sleep disturbances 
um, everything from anger, frustration, and dependency. And we will hear all about those today with our guests. And it, it really is a an entirety of symptoms that are frustrating, but it can also be quite dangerous. So memory issues that you, you have aphasia where you can't find the word, that is terribly frustrating and you worked a workaround, which is amazing, frankly, but it can also be dangerous. You can leave on the oven or leave a child yeah. unattended, or there's all kinds of things that have greater impact when we have memory issues. And we'll hear about a common one when our uh, Marine came home from the airport, and we will talk about that today. But we have two wonderful guests today. We have Liz Rotenberry, who is the military spouse of Gunny Chuck Rotenberry, and we had both Liz and Chuck on a previous show. And we also have Jane Darnell, who is at the Oxygen Oasis Hyperbaric Wellness Center outside of Philadelphia. And we're going to be talking today about hyperbaric oxygen treatments and the progress that's being made, the research that's being done, and most importantly about the quality of life that's being gained by using this alternative therapy. So I would love to welcome both Liz and Jane to Military Network Radio. Welcome this morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks, Liz. Appreciate having you on. And Jane, are you with us too? with you too. Thanks for having us on and thank you all for your service, whether it's military families or whether you were in the service and thank you. Well, you're very welcome and I know you come from a family that serves as well. So Liz, let's start with you quickly. We have three minutes till our first break, but you were the one that noticed that Chuck came back very different after an injury and a really tragic story. So you can start the story before our break, and then we will continue it after the break. Yes, yes. Well, as Jane said, you know, thank you, Linda and Justin, for having me on and having Jane on. Um, Justin, thank you for your service. As one Marine Corps family to another, we really appreciate what you're doing for our veterans every day. Um, but my husband uh, served in the Marine Corps for 14 years, and um, he was injured in March 20, 2012. I'm sorry, 2011. He was injured in March 2011, and he suffered a, a traumatic brain injury after an explosion um, within about three feet of him on his second combat tour in Afghanistan. Uh, the explosion blew him about 15 feet down a hill, uh, in which he lost con un lost consciousness, but we don't know for how long. Uh, when he came to, he had to come to the aid and rescue of a Marine who was literally one footprint off of the path that my husband was in leading, and that caused severe amputations to both legs of this Marine. Uh, they did have to clear a landing zone, get him flown out, and then unfortunately also came under very heavy fire and a mission um, that required about six more hours of, of fighting before my husband realized that he, too, was bleeding and suffered shrapnel wounds to the neck and face. Um, it, was, it wasn't until he got back to a fob later that evening that he realized, you know, that the Navy medic came up to him and realized, you know, you, you're injured and we need to get you taken care of right away. And they did that. Uh, they removed shrapnel from his neck. Uh, packed the injuries and basically sent him back out, which he wanted to do because as a Marine, he loved serving and he wanted to be right back out there with his troops. 
So he did what he could, but within the first two weeks, he started to notice memory loss and um, the exact same things you mentioned, migraines, um, sleeplessness. He couldn't focus. He didn't know where he was going. And these symptoms happened almost immediately. But Liz, it wasn't an, Liz wasn't, I need to stop you. We're going to go okay. on our break. That time goes very quickly, doesn't it? You're yes. listening to Military <laughs> Network Radio, and we'll continue Liz's story right after the break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where every spring we seem to get pummeled with hailstorms. What's another name for a thunderstorm? A cockeyed bob. The Guinness Book of World Records states the largest known hailstone in U.S. history was over seven inches in diameter. That's almost the size of a soccer ball. The famous hailstone was found in central Nebraska in June 2003. But if we think the hail's bad here in Texas, I guess it's better than living in parts of Africa, where they average 130 days of hailstorms each year. Other hail-prone areas include India, Russia, China, and Italy. The Aussies call hailstones drift ice, glazed frost, pancake ice, and frost flowers. I wonder how they measured hail before the invention of the golf ball. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Before the break, we were talking with Liz Rotenberry about the injury to her husband and giving you sort of a backstory on on what happened to him and why traumatic brain injury does change lives. So, Liz, please continue with your story. He was injured. He kept on in the field fighting what was needed. Um, And then? Yeah, so... uh... Chuck's injuries um, stayed with him while he finished his tour in Afghanistan. Um, it was He was in, injured again on March 29, 2011. He came home that July. And upon coming home, um, you have to understand we had three children already. We were pregnant with our fourth child. And, of course, we're just elated that he's home and just so excited to, to have him back and to have him take over the family. I know I was looking forward to having him step up and be that father role and get chores done around the house and pay bills, Um, simple things that I was looking forward to. 
Um, the day he came back, we picked him up at about 2 in the morning from the airport, and we get in his truck, and he can't remember where to go. He doesn't know where home is. And I, I said to him, okay, well, we, you know, it's okay. Maybe you're just tired. Maybe you haven't been here in nine months, so maybe that's a lot of this. You know, and I gave him directions and told him how to go, and it continued from then on. He still could not remember on a day-to-day -day basis how to get to and from his work. He couldn't remember how to get to the exchange, which was less than a half of a mile away from our home and back home again. Um, we started using whatever GPS systems we had at the time to help, help him get through those struggles. But on top of that, the debilitating migraines were unbearable. He would be out for days. He'd have his hood on, his, his sweatshirts over his head. He'd have his blackest sunglasses on, and he'd be in bed for almost two, three days sometimes. He couldn't get up out of bed. Um, the symptoms continued to increase. He would be extremely emotional at times, and I know he doesn't always like it when I say this, especially being a Marine, but I'd find him crying in the back room, um, uncontrollably crying, and he didn't know why. It was very difficult because he wanted to be the best Marine he could be for his Marines and for his military friends and family. He wanted to be that gunnery sergeant and lead the way. Unfortunately, he started to see himself failing, and we pushed for whatever tests we could. I said, you need to get an MRI, get a CAT scan, find something. This isn't you. I've known him for 20-plus years now, but we've been together since high school. So this was not the Chuck I knew. And it was very um, disturbing, and it was very difficult on our children's lives. So, you know, having, bringing home a newborn baby and having three kids, and all he wants to do is be that great dad and play with them, and he couldn't even do that. Um, as he started to see himself struggling more and more and started to see himself failing, he did decide to get out of the Marine Corps. We didn't realize he had a traumatic brain injury. Uh, he basically went undiagnosed. We didn't realize the extent of his post-traumatic stress, and it took uh, about another year or so, probably it was actually more like two years, before we really truly understood what was happening to him. It took him getting out of the Marine Corps and unfortunately not, not getting medically retired at the time because, like I said, he was undiagnosed. We didn't know any better, but he didn't want to keep failing his Marines. So it was you know, Liz, mm -hmm. no, no, I, I, I fully understand. I just break in because I think that what you're illustrating is what it looks like and feels like to a family. And yeah. so the changes that you were noting are what I believe um, from what you and I have discussed privately is what caused you to say time out. You know, this is just not right. Something right. is truly physically organically wrong. When did you come to that? When did you say you need help and you need it now? Um, we basically, we went through periods, but the, the worst time he was on uh, March 2013, I actually decided to take a vacation with him. I said, let's go on vacation. We went with family and friends, and we went on a cruise. <laughs> and I'm sure Justin <laughs> can maybe appreciate and, and understand that that was probably not the best place to take somebody suffering a traumatic right. brain injury and severe PTS. Okay. Is an enclosed ship <laughs> with 
thousands of people, noise, lights, all mm-hmm. hours of the day and night. Um, and we went on a seven-day cruise. The beginning of it was great, but towards the end, my husband started having breakdowns. And it was at the end of the trip that he truly expressed to me he would rather take his life or have some sort of amputation so that people could truly understand the struggles that he was facing, that he was living in this black spot in his life that he just felt nobody understood, nobody could help him. And it was at that moment that I said, no, these are not an option. You will get help, and we're going to do whatever it takes to get you help because you have four kids who love you so much. And I know that's not what he wanted. So it was... It was that moment that truly, truly, you know, sparked me in saying, okay, we got to do whatever it takes. So as you were going for, uh, did you go through the standard VA protocols um, before you found help or were you getting help all along? Uh, No, when when he got out of the core, it was very um, instant. And even that raised a red flag to me because we'd done almost 14 years. This, there's no, what do you mean we were set for life? We were going to do 20 plus years. You want to just mm. get out? So that did raise a red flag to me. And we got him into the VA. Um, of course, he started on medications, and the medications kept coming and changing them and finding the right ones to help with all of these symptoms was very difficult. Um, you know, you think you're treating symptoms but you're basically masking the traumatic brain injury and now creating side effects from medications right. that are almost worse than the symptoms. Um, so, so, you know, we went through every type of pill and counseling and therapy we could find, um, and it really wasn't until we happened to watch a new segment that discussed, you know, a new treatment for PTSD, uh, mm-hmm. hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And it was with uh, Dr. Hart down in, in New Orleans, and I said, you know what, we've got to call him. We, we have to do whatever it takes to get you there, to get you into that, and let's just see. And, of course, my husband, you know, we always joke that he, he thinks everybody else around him is crazy, and he thought I was crazy, and you know, he thought he was <laughs> totally fine. There was nothing wrong with him. Why did he need these treatments? Um, mm-hmm. But I said, it doesn't matter. You're going to go. I'm, I'm kind of a tough love person to deal with, and I love him, but I'm going to make you do something that is going to benefit you. If, if it benefits you, great, and if it didn't, it didn't hurt anything. Let's just try it. Hey, Liz, so, before we talk about the hyperbaric treatment, which you know is very interesting, we need some, some time on that. I want to talk um, for a moment about, uh, you talked about the cruise, and, and trust me, I can relate to that, but one thing that... Um, that Chuck and many others struggle with is that, that their injuries are invisible. And mm-hmm. they're very real and just as prevalent as a physical injury, if not more so. And I'm, I'm in an odd situation where I'm quote-unquote fortunate that I have, you know, that I suffer from a gunshot wound, so I have visible injuries. So people know that I may have some challenges or if I, if I act, you know, angry and lash out at people, they kind of see, well, he's got something going on, um, they don't know what. And, and when I was first injured, it was very obvious and very prevalent. And so 
I think it'd be worthwhile if you talk for a moment. I'm sure you and Chuck have talked about this. It must be, it must be frustrating uh, with, with, with that scenario. Yes. It, it's, you know, you mentioned losing your word in the middle of your sentence, and I can't tell you how many times that's, had, hap, that's happened to Chuck. And um, just walking into a room, and he now can't remember why he's in that room. Right. And it, it happens in a split second, too. Um, mm-hmm. those, those symptoms are so debilitating, especially to our military, who have been trained with the utmost, you know, um, precision and, you know, training right. skills that they've been given. And now all of a sudden they can't remember what they're doing or why they're doing it. Um, you know, the, the stuttering, the loss of words, the loss of thought. And it is very difficult, these invisible wounds, very difficult. And I think that's why my husband, you know, the, the thought of suicide is always present yeah. because of these invisible wounds, because people can't appreciate the struggles. And like you said, yeah, my husband has lashed out. He gets angry with people, and he gets, you know, especially driving can be very difficult. I do a lot of the driving, yeah. um, you know, the impatience, the frustration, and, and people judge him yeah. as, you know, being mentally unstable, but not realizing it's the injury in the brain that's causing this. And, and that's exactly that's exactly it. And, you know, when we see someone who we know is suffering, whether it's homelessness or a physical injury like mine or something else, we give them a break. We instinctively right. recognize, okay, this person has a, a tough, uh, you know, a tough issue in front of them. Someone like Chuck and hundreds of thousands of others like Chuck, we don't know to do that. And so, may, you know, it, I guess it is asking a lot of people to automatically be more patient, although we all should be doing this. But um, I think that's where it gets really frustrating, as you said, where people don't understand. If they see him stutter, and, and maybe they don't even think it's a big deal, but I guarantee he's mortified. Or he's, he's really frustrated himself because he probably doesn't know why this is happening. It never happened before. Right. And he's probably his own toughest critic and viewing himself in a way that others maybe not. Absolutely. You know, he came home yesterday, actually, because he does... He works intermittently during the week, um, doing the same career he did in the Marine Corps, so he's very fortunate to do that, and with his Marines and buddies um, he served with. So they're his caregivers by day, but he is struggling. Um, He struggles with just even doing computer work. It it wears him out. It frustrates him. He can't put together a thought on paper. And so, yes, this is a very, very concerning topic, and it's a daily thing to face. Yeah. We have to go on our second break. I'm so sorry to cut us off. I think the other thing I wanted to insert here is that people also don't realize it just doesn't get better over time. And they'll say, okay, well, it's been three years. Isn't he better yet? And it's a traumatic brain injury and brains are very important. We will return after a short break. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be 
here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. a recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We are continuing our discussion about the use of hyperbaric oxygen therapy for traumatic brain injury and also PTS. And Liz, I know that when Chuck received care with HBOT, which is as it's commonly known, he saw amazing differences, not only in the quality of life, but you could literally look at brain scans, because I've seen them, you've shared them, yeah. where the progress was very, very apparent. And then yeah. from there, you went on to create a nonprofit, and you became acquainted with our other guest, Jane Darnell. And I, I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that, and then we'll take a step back and talk about the hyperbaric oxygen therapy itself. So first, um, how did the uh, therapy help Chuck? And then how did you help others to do the same thing? Yes. Well, um, uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy did save my husband's life, but also the brain scans. You mentioned them. I think that's a key piece to this puzzle is that you, know, you need to be able to show a physical injury to a lot of our invisible wound veterans because they can't see it and they think they're going crazy. Um, so that saved his life, seeing those brain scans. And along with that, we then, you know, found that hyperbaric oxygen therapy within just 10 treatments, those debilitating migraines were pretty much not, not there anymore. They, they just didn't come back in that severity. Now, he still has headaches. He still has moments. It's, it's not a cure, but it has been the, it has been the most beneficial treatment possible. It's taken him from 15 pills to 20 pills a day down to just about 
Now I think he's up to about five or six pills a day at the most. Um, so it, it's definitely That's beneficial. Great. So we started our nonprofit, Walking Point, for PTSD and TBI Incorporated. And with that, we host a Hearts for Heroes 5K every year around Valentine's Day in, in Delaware. And we are raising money to get veterans these treatments. Because they're not FDA approved, you have to pay out of pocket for them. They can be very costly. So we've been fortunate to be able to raise money every year and at least treat one or two veterans, um, and we're growing. And this year we doubled in, in size and in That's support. Um, we've been fortunate to get Oxygen Oasis Hyperbaric Wellness Center from Langhorne, PA, to support us to come and share with people what this beneficial treatments do. So I know Jane Darnell's on, on as well, and um, you know she and the owner Vicki Bliss have been just wonderful, and we're fortunate to be helping a veteran at their clinic. Jane, jump right in because I think that we have heard so much about the benefits of HBOT. And talk a little bit about what that feels like when people come in and whether it's through walking point or they've come in independently and they are seeking help for traumatic brain injury. Talk, talk about that. We always feel that a veteran should not have to pay for this treatment. So we're so thrilled to be affiliated with walking points for PTSD and TBI with Chuck and Liz. They've mm-hmm. talked an awful lot about what the veteran life is about. Our patients teach us every day what the veteran life is about. When the patients come in and don't have the funding, you know, we do our best to reach out to Liz and see if they can help us get these veterans treated. Um, Her story is so compelling and Chuck's because it's from the heart. It's their family. We see it every day where the veterans come in and say the same exact things that Chuck and Liz have said, that they're on 20 meds a day. They, They just feel better. They just want to get their lives back and regain their lives. And every day we see patients um, getting better from breathing 100% oxygen under pressure. And I think that's important. Talk a little bit about what that experience is like, Um, because I think sometimes people think, oh, a confined tube that has air coming into oxygen coming into it. Talk about it and why it is an experience that is actually quite positive to go through, especially with the results that are coming out. Oh, it's got to be one of the easiest therapies or treatments out there for patients. Once they come into our center, it's beautiful. It's spa-like. Liz can attest to that. She's been here a few times. It's a great, it beautiful. <laughs> it's a great environment for anyone. But I re- we really feel proud to have veterans here and treat them. We not only have the tubes that you speak of, the the acrylic tubes where you're pushed in on a gurney and you breathe mm-hmm. the oxygen there. We also went a and have a multi-place chamber that can seat eight people. That's great. It's more like flying on a plane. So some veterans will tell us, no, we don't want to be in the multi-place. It feels like a Humvee or some, you know, have confinement issues. They don't want to be in the mono place, but it's beautiful. It's so nice to be able to give them the option of what works best for them. So basically once they're in there, it's like flying in an airplane. You're breathing the 100% oxygen. You're watching a video on TV. You're sleeping, you're relaxing. Everybody is more refreshed. They start sleeping better. They get rid of their migraines. They start to remember things better. It really is um, so wonderful to watch the experience. We kind of say it's like Christmas every day here because people start <sighs> back. They can walk better. They're, 
it, it really is incredible. And I'm so thrilled that we have the opportunity to tell others about it. It really can help people reduce their medications and just get the concentration, the anger have gone down for so many of our patients, the parents, the families, they tell us how happy they are with this treatment. And they all say, why don't we know about this? You know, that's that's the key question. And I think it's important to note that nearly every VA medical center has an HBOT chamber. And yet it is used for other things. So carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, severe anemia, uh, soft tissue infections that are necrosing. So the, the skin is dying. Decompression sickness, which is where HBOT was first originated with divers. Um, but it is not yet on label for treatment of traumatic brain injury, which is the reason it has to be out of pocket. Two questions. One, how much does a normal course of treatment cost? Okay. First one. You know, it's different all over the country. Um, we're probably on the lower end, so it can be anywhere from 150 to $250 per treatment. The thing with hyperbaric oxygen therapy is that oxygen builds on itself. So a typical protocol is, is eight, 40 treatments, 40 dives, we call them. Okay. So an eight-week period. So it's about anywhere from 6000 to 10000 depending on where people treat. But that's a significant amount of money. Um, and the second question I have is, how long is a typical treatment? You're um, depending for neurological conditions, you are mm -hmm. in oxygen chamber for one hour at pressure. So it takes okay. 10 to 15 minutes to get you to pressure and about 10 to 15 minutes to bring you up. So it's simulating a dive like you're in a submarine. You're going for a neurological condition, you're going about 17 feet below sea level. So you just need to take that time to get your ears equalized. And that's one of the only main drawbacks. I mean, not drawbacks, but it's one of the main things. Considerations, right. And as long as people know how to clear their ears, it's totally fine. It's like flying in an airplane. You know, what is so interesting, though, is talk a little bit about the science. What oxygen does to the brain, A, and B, what is neuroplasticity, which is something that they did not really know a lot about even as recently as, say, 10, 12 years ago, but is now really gaining in knowledge for people to understand that the brain is a remarkable organ. There's some great studies out there. Israel's in the leading um, front on a lot of these studies. They have a hyperbaric chamber for their after a blast. They found, they've done studies that even up to 15 years later, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, the oxygen to the brain can help the neurons work better and, and help the damaged tissue. So that's pretty impressive when you think, you know, don't worry that it's been it's been three years, it's five years. It's certainly worth, you know, the time to to treat with the hyperbaric chamber. There's no time that's too late. It's important to get in. But isn't that a remarkable fact? Because dogma had it previously that there was a window of time, much like the emergency golden hour, uh, the magic two years. We are finding that neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to start new neural connections, kind of workarounds, if you will, uh, organically in the brain, can be helped by this treatment providing the at a much higher level than is normal. And I want to know what Chuck felt after his treatments. Can you enumerate that for us, Liz? 
Yes, I know he'd be best to answer this, but I can recall, you know, even just after the first couple of treatments, he said it felt mm-hmm. like a light had gone off on, you know, gone on in his brain. It felt like he was alive again. And he just, I mean, even when he smiled, um, he came home intermittently between the 40 treatments. And when he walked in the room, it was like he finally had confidence and he had a sense of quality of life and he was happy. I mean, he was glowing. So it's, you know, for to be as natural as you can get, this is just one of the best treatments we could give our veterans. Um, it's the simplest form of giving back you know, their life, as I keep saying, um, because it's, that's just what it is. Um, well, the other thing is that there's no downside. No, no there isn't. Um, we've had no, no downsides whatsoever. I know that this is something he will need to continue to do. Like I said, it's not going to be a one-time cure-all thing, but it is something that if he can keep up with it, you know, he went two years before needing treatments again. And we've been fortunate to work with other clinics um, who, who've been so helpful to treat him and to take care of him and, you know, be able to help other veterans at other clinics. But even, I know you mentioned the time frame. We've been able to help a veteran, and Jane, I know you could probably explain it a little bit better, a Vietnam veteran who, that, wow. that time frame, I mean, and he's already feeling the positive effects of hyperbaric therapy. So you take somebody who's either just been injured or it's been 20 years, it's going to help. It's going to be beneficial. And like my husband said, if it helps somebody, whether it's 2% better or 60% better, that percentage is something better than not. And it doesn't matter what it comes down to. So well, I know Jane... beautifully could... said, and I, we're coming up on another break. Yes, the time keeps moving quickly. But I think one of the biggest things that you're seeing is quality of life improvements and here's the masterful stroke, hope. And when you can add hope and experiences that you can share with other veterans to let them know that there is another option to try, I think hope can be the greatest aspect of healing and recovery because the mind is so strong and those sorts of feelings and the the hope that is engendered within the family as well as the veteran is incredibly powerful. We will go on our final break for this show and we will come back and talk further with Jane Darnell and Liz Rotenberry. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. 
We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. butt dialed someone accidentally? According to a report, for every 100 calls made to 911 this year, about 40 were dialed unintentionally. Recently, a mother in Canada called police after receiving a nightmare cell phone call from her daughter, filled with blood-chilling screams and a man shouting murderous threats. Police discovered that the girl was at a movie theater in Victoria. Anticipating the worst, the cops were preparing to descend on the cinema when a dispatcher tried calling the girl's cell phone one last time. The girl answered her phone and explained she was not being attacked by a murderer, but was watching the horror film Cabin in the Woods. What do you call the activity of being impolite in a social situation by looking at your phone instead of paying attention to the person you are with? Something. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. On the break, we were talking about the $64 million question. Why isn't this used at VA, especially when they have the equipment at VA Medical Center, and it requires plugging it in for use on traumatic brain injury. And the answer that is given is usually that it is not, quote, evidence-based and only has anecdotal evidence. We would venture to say that there have been enough uses that show that it has helped that until a study is done, the VA isn't going to let it be used for off-label use, but we certainly are seeing the private sector step up and take place. But the more stories that come out and the more scans that show, because again, you've got proof then, we believe eventually that the VA will be offering this. But for now, you know, we urge those of you who have had HBOT to make certain that it's in the medical records, that it is noted, because it is a very valuable service that has helped so many. And I I can't say that enough. It may be off-label use, but sometimes the highest quality is raised with off-label uses, and we hope that the VA will consider this going forward. And Liz, I know you're working on um, making sure that occurs, because what, Jane, did you give me the statistic? This is a 300-year-old therapy, and Justin, say what you said <laughs> about well, treating... Was if, if these are already existing in the VAs, and they're right. there, I mean, really is... is and you, and you listed a number of things that, are, that the HBOTs right. are used for. But is really decompression sickness or anemia abscess, like these things, okay, they're important, no doubt. But are they more prevalent than TBI uh, in, our, in our veteran community? There's no way. No. No, they are not. So we're putting in our plug for the VA to please pay yeah. attention to this alternative therapy that is saving lives. So let's go back to um, the fact that, and Justin, I think you had a question. Yeah, about, yeah. thanks, Linda. And, uh-huh. you know, Liz, you know, Chuck's, Chuck's story, which is your story too, brings a tear to my eye because I can connect to a certain extent, not completely, but to a certain extent with some of the frustrations that you and he have been through. And, and also... Um, it, it, it must have been so frustrating, and it continues to be frustrating. The fact that suicide is still in the picture is disturbing and scary. Yet, at the same time, 
there's so much hope, as Linda said in this story, and you have come so far together and are now taking great strides to help other veterans who are, who are facing this. So before we talk about those steps, can you just quickly um, identify for me and for our listeners, what are some of the changes you've seen in Chuck and others who, who go through the HBOT process to the extent we haven't discussed that already? Sure. No, I, you know, just to be able to have him home, to be around his children, to be able to play, um, to be able to walk into a restaurant and sit in a certain, you know, not have to be so hypervigilant, and to be able to relax a little bit around crowds. Um, it's still not perfect, but he is so much better than he's ever been. Um, to just, just to be able to function daily, to get up out of bed, um, and to have slept at least, you know, six straight hours without getting up for something or eight straight yeah. hours to, to get a good night's sleep. Um, those are things that affect you daily. If you can't sleep, you can't remember things. I mean, they break you down. And I know I always joke uh, with my husband, but it is very real that he is like a 70-year-old person in a 30-year-old body. Um, yeah. He's aging very quickly, and it does concern me. Um, you know, he's got the hearing aid and, the, you know, he's practically about to use a cane soon because his knees are so weak. And, you know, it's just yeah. these multiple things that hyperbaric, you know, we talk about treating the brain, but it is helping so many more things inside of him just to make him feel better. Um, it it yeah. really that, that That's incredible. I don't mean to cut you off by any means, but that, that is incredible. And it's great to hear about some of these other effects. Um, Jane, did you have uh, any any other things you'd like to add on top of that? I'd like to tell you a little bit about one where we're working with the 22 suicides a day. This is a critical, um, mm -hmm. critical time. We need to get these veterans in here with or without the VA. So thankfully, yeah. people like Liz and Chuck with Walking Points for PTSD are, are helping that, you know, happen. But um, one of the Marines that we were dealing with, his father said, you know, who is this 22-year-old you sent back from Iraq? He couldn't find their bathroom. Right. Remember his sister's name. He said after one treatment, his migraines were gone. After 10 treatments, like his memory was coming back, he ended up graduating from Drexel with honors, something his father did not think could happen. Those are the kind of stories I have. Liz's are so heartwarming because she knows that she's lived it, but our patients tell us stuff like this every day. And I just, we just wanted to get the word out about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and why this can help so many veterans. And thanks to Walking Point, we're going to be treating a couple veterans together in the multi-place chamber. We thought it would be a great place for them to have the camaraderie, the conversation, because veterans do, you know, it, they probably have a lot of stories they'd like to share with each other. So thankfully, walking points are going to be having three different veterans, along with um, one from Iowa that we're going to be doing spec imaging for, as you know, Linda. Mm hmm amazing progress. And if we can start keep showing this amazing progress, maybe we'll get the VA involved. But meanwhile, we're not waiting. No, you're exactly right. And on a couple of points, you have to keep pushing forward with or without the VA. Certainly, we hope to include the VA and get them on board for obvious reasons. But also, you're right. Veterans uh, do so much better when they're around each other. We take care of our own and they're much more likely to open up and start talking to another veteran just purely on a trust issue. And so that's great to, to, that you're doing that. Liz, when uh, Walking Point, I assume it's called Walking Point because Chuck was literally Walking Point that day when he was injured? Yes, 
Yes, yeah. he was a chief canine trainer, and um, as you may know, um, but for those who don't, as, as kennel master, kennel uh, canine handlers, they're the first ones to lead the way before any platoon or anybody goes out on a mission. They clear the path of any IDs, and so they are the walking point, and that's and why... We had our dog handlers out with us. I always felt so much more confident, even though we had some jammers and some other electronic equipment, yeah, those dogs... Yeah. Incredible. Yes, the, the between the electronic equipment and the dogs, they've really been saving lives. I mean, they've saved yeah. many more. And and our, our military working dogs are wonderful. Um, they're just they they treat them like their own Marines, and uh, and that's what they are. So that's why it's called Walking Point, and it's for PTSD and TBI Incorporated. And so tell us, take a minute or two to tell us about it. Well, you know, as it's. Since we've started this, we've really been growing. Uh, we've been gaining support from other corporations and other businesses. It's been a little bit difficult because it's not FDA approved. Some bigger corporations are a little leery to work with us, but we're trying to change that. We're trying to show, you know, testimonials. And I, yeah. I believe if, if we could get enough testimonials, I mean, we could keep doing study after study. But, you know, like I always say to the VA, just ask the vets. Ask our right. veterans. Ask their caregivers. I, I can honestly tell you this is beneficial. I wouldn't be working this hard daily with four kids in the house right. trying to get this approved. <laughs> so true. You know, I, I'm going to say that right on this radio program. If you have testimonials or scans that have been helped by hyperbaric oxygen therapy, please to Liz. She's got a website, Liz, or is it your Facebook page? Yeah. Yes, we have a website. We also have Facebook. You can find us on Facebook under the title Walking Point for PTSD and TBI. But we also have a website. We just started. Um, it needs some updating with our new event we just completed, but it's Walking Point, the number four, PTSDTBI.org. Perfect. And, and I also want to make sure that they know about um, Oxygen Oasis, which <clears throat> I looked that up. Tell me if this is correct, Jane. O2Oasis.com? That's correct. And we also have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube page. We've been collecting in our own our own patients and other veterans who have had great experience with it. You can Google it and see thousands of thousands of veterans that have already treated and they're benefiting. So that's hopefully all together, collectively, we can get the word out and start getting veterans the help they need. But uh, yes, it's O2Oasis.com. And it, interestingly, I'll give the phone number as well, 215-352-3720. And in terms of testimonials and scans, Liz, are you trying to get this up to new VA leadership? Yes, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be a volunteer with Elizabeth Dole Foundation. And with that, you know, I've been able to network a little bit and, and to be able to try to work on this um, because it's just so important to us as caregivers. I mean, I have so many mm -hmm. Dole fellows who have gotten their husbands or their loved ones these treatments and have seen the benefits in us. And it's just something that, you know, if, if we can just get Congress, I mean, Congressman Jones out of North Carolina has been fighting mm -hmm. for this for years and trying to get Congress to approve it. Um, so we're doing whatever it takes um, to, to keep our word going. And, you know, how can they not listen to a military caregiver? It's hard to turn us away. So Well, um, agreed. And, and especially when you consider no downside, 
there are machines already in place paid for by VA. And it is a treatment that is already being done, but certainly not being maximizing, not not maximizing the use of this expensive machinery. And the other thing I noticed in preparing for this show is they now have, not not the VA, but it is possible to have mobile units that could go to places. Lots of people with TBI and severe PTSD go and live very remotely. So it is possible to provide this type of therapy because the technology is changing much faster than the bureaucracy is changing. So I hope those are – go ahead. I was going to just add, I should add, you know, there are clinics around the nation. Yes, Oxygen Oasis has a beautiful uh, facility up in Pennsylvania, but there are clinics around the nation that we, you know, can pay for veterans. We'll find a clinic for you. We'll help Mm -hmm. you in your location so you don't have to maybe travel as far. But – um, you know, we've, we've worked with Bethesda HBOT right here in Bethesda, Maryland, and, you know, they've treated Chuck a few times. So we've, we've had access to getting you help, and that's our most important piece. You know, I want to thank you both for coming on today and talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. It is something that works for many. It provides relief from you know, handfuls of pharmaceuticals. It provides hope and opportunity. It improves the socialization within the family and the community. And it is an incredibly important alternative therapy that has helped so many. And thank you both for coming on today. It's always a pleasure to talk about this topic with you. Thank you for having us, Linda and Justin. Thank you. And please say hello to Chuck. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be back next week with another show. Make it a good week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your network radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your